What I want, and just for the organization in general, is a mesh of old and new. Old football discipline, modern processes, modern analytics, but I respect old school discipline too. I mean, listen, I was with a team that uh, in Pittsburgh with epitome of old school discipline, and I want to see that mesh. And what I want to have more than anything, I want to put the best people in the best positions to be successful. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was more from the Panthers owner, David Tepper. He spoke to our recent guest, Bill Voth, of the team's official website. We've been giving you a lot of Ron Rivera in his own words as well. It was 35 minutes of class and dignity and thoughtful answers to reporters' questions. You don't always get a farewell press conference as a dismissed NFL head coach, but it was a sign of the amicable, mutually respectful divorce that both sides just went through as David Tepper will be the point man in his search for a new Panthers head coach. And as the Panthers play out the string here under Perry Fuel, the interim head coach, at Atlanta this week, Seattle at home after that, at Indianapolis, and then the New Orleans Saints back at Bank of America Stadium. Five losses in six games, sometimes against inferior opponents, Atlanta and Washington, sometimes in half-empty stadiums where Panthers fans stayed home in droves and left early as they took drubbings at the hands of the Falcons, 29-3, and Washington in that 29-21 victory outscored the Panthers 29-7 in the final three quarters of that matchup. Massive decisions ahead, and that blend of old and new that David Tepper just described did not really reflect those who know Ron Rivera well. He's a little about the new. He's a lot about the old school way. Someone else will give Ron Rivera a head coaching opportunity in all likelihood this coming season. David Tepper is looking elsewhere for the new leader of the Panthers. You have questions and comments. Some of you also want to jump in on the ACC Big Ten Challenge. As we go to Gary and Wilson, Justin and Wilmington, and you, Louisville and Duke posted big wins last night. Carolina hosts Ohio State on the hard court tonight in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Wolfpack has a chance at a resume builder hosting Wisconsin. Wake Forest goes to Penn State. UVA is at Purdue. Notre Dame is at Maryland. The ACC Big Ten Challenge scoreboard reads ACC 4, Big Ten 4. The final six games are tonight highlighted by the Tar Heels hosting the undefeated Buckeyes. UNC's number seven in the polls, Ohio State State number six in the polls. Louisville and Duke looked absolutely outstanding last night, especially defensively. In both cases, they made statements. Offensively, uh, the Blue Devils were led by Trey Jones, their sophomore point guard, and Vernon Carey Jr., their sensational freshman big, big man. Louisville, uh, we talked about Jordan Wara as a player of the year candidate, 22 points and 12 rebounds against Michigan, and the defense just smothered the Wolverines. Michigan had not lost under the new head coach, Juwan Howard. 58-43 to was the Cardinals' win over the Wolverines. So Louisville and Duke remain 1A and 1B on my list as the best contenders for the ACC title and, in my eyes, clearly the best chances at a run at a Final Four from among the members of the ACC. 1-800-849-2761. Was this the right call by David Tepper on Ron Rivera? You can be next. Whom do you want to see as the Panthers' next head coach? You can be next. Why now? Why at all? And where do the Panthers go from here? Cam Newton's going into surgery on his injured foot. David Tepper has some big decisions to make at both the head coaching position and the newly created vice president of football operations position. Justin in Wilmington, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome to the program. Go right ahead. Hey, how we doing? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? 
Yeah, I got a couple of points that you hit on. Uh, I think Rivera to the Browns would be great. He could bring up the organization like he did Carolina. Um, I think we stay with Cam. He's never had a good offensive line, and who else would you really put behind the quarterback? Mm. Allen's not going, not the answer. No, he's a he's good, he's a good backup, but I don't see him as a starter either. Go ahead. Yeah, he threw four picks in college. They benched him. He did the same thing here, and he's gone downhill since then. And it's just time to get Cam an offensive line. He's never had one. If I were in Marty Herney's shoes, and remember David Tepper complimented his current GM for his ability to evaluate college talent. Now, we don't know what Marty Herney's title is going to be, assuming he does stay, but it sounds like he's staying, and it sounds like he's going to be the lead man on you know, NFL draft matters, for example. Assumedly, the ops guy would get into contracts and get into uh, more free agency and, and other NFL-to-NFL-type transactions. But I agree with you that if I made a list of what the Panthers' needs are, you know, obviously they need to strike a new deal with Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey on and off the field is very much like Luke Kuechly on the defensive side of the ball. They're exactly what you want on the field. They're exactly what you want in terms of work ethic and character and, and such things. So get a deal done with McCaffrey, and then where do you reinforce this lineup? Right now, they're losing the battle of the trenches. What I say to those most worried about the defense is not only are K.K. Short and Don Terry Poe missing, and that's why they're giving up so many rushing yards, they're also under contract for next year. So when you're wondering where's the solution coming from, well, two of your best run stoppers haven't been playing at all. And they are under contract, and they are expected to be healthy. So without using a draft pick, without making a trade, without signing a free agent, you have part of the solution to the we-can't-stop-the-run problem. Keekley is back and under contract, and two of your best run stoppers are back and under contract. I'm not saying you don't need to do anything on defense. you got to re-sign James Bradbury at corner. And, yes, there are other issues, but first place I circle is the first place that Justin circled. The offensive line has been a massive disappointment. You know, Matt Paradis has been okay at center, but he's not been as good as, like, the best of Ryan Khalil from previous years. Trey Turner's a Pro Bowl guard, but after that, what do you have? Revolving door at left tackle, injuries including Greg Van Roten, um, pretty good play from Taylor Moten at one tackle, but Daryl Williams has not had a good year after his injury. And more often than not, Cam and Kyle Allen have been running for their lives. Sometimes sacks are quarterback error sacks. But the Panthers' offensive line, if you made a list, you know, just imagine walking down the hallway and all the position groups are having their separate meetings. There's the quarterback's room. There's the running back's rooms, et cetera. Which room, in which room do you find the fewest answers for the current Carolina Panthers? You just walk in and you're not all that excited about the people that you see in that room. Well, at linebacker, you got Luke Keekley and Shaq Thompson. And in the NFL modern day, sometimes you line up with only two linebackers. That's not a bad two linebackers to see as you walk into the linebacker room. On the offensive line, folks, I mean, it's Trey Turner and it's Matt Paradis and it's Taylor Moten and it's a big guessing game. Maybe Greg Little and Dennis Daly come along as young draft picks. Maybe they don't. Maybe Greg Roten resigns and gets healthy and is better. Maybe he's not. It's, it's not for a franchise that has taken great pride from Dave Gettleman to Marty Herney, from Jerry Richardson to David Tepper. It has been a trenches-out philosophy. This year, 
the Panthers have lost the battle of the trenches on defense, getting gashed for all those rushing yards, including by Washington this last weekend. And they have lost the battle of the trenches offensively. When they've needed a yard, they haven't been able to get it. When they Now, again, Christian McCaffrey's getting his yards sometimes on his own, but you can't ask a guy that size to get the yard without some push up front. The Panthers have not gotten the third and one, fourth and one, uh, goal line type yard when they need that yard. Is that solution somewhere in the draft? Is it free agency? To me, that is front and center for the revised front office of the Carolina Panthers. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Gary is in Wilson. And next on the David Glenn Show, where do you want to see the Panthers go with their next head coach? Yes, good afternoon, David. Um, I would uh, like to make a case for Lincoln Riley, even though you've had some good discussion about the merits of college coaches or not. Yeah. A couple of factors on this. One, the timing. Uh, unless Oklahoma pulls a miracle and as of Sunday afternoon would make its way into the four-team college playoff, then Lincoln Riley would not have any immediate obligation other than a rather meaningless, possibly New, Year, New Year's Day Bowl uh, based on the aspirations of Oklahoma's program. And that would allow the head start that the Panthers have by releasing Ron Rivera to pay dividends. Also, I do think the Panthers should move on from Cam Newton. And if they have Lincoln Riley, they would have a coach who is well-known for developing quarterback talent. And it would give them a fresh new start and perspective under Pepper's leadership as the owner. I appreciate your call, Gary. There's a lot to unpack there. Let me get some other people in, too. 1-800-849-2761. I'm skeptical about the level of interest that Lincoln Riley or sometimes Dabo Sweeney's name comes up. I'm, I'm skeptical about how interested they are in NFL jobs, in part because, remember, Dabo's making $9 million, Lincoln Riley's making 6 or $7 million a year, and their lifestyle is better in college. They have more stability. They have, yes, recruiting responsibilities, but if you're at Oklahoma or one of the heavyweights in a Power 5 conference, you have better facilities, bigger fan bases, NFL pipelines, I mean, recruits are coming to you in large degree, right? So how hard is it to stay above the Kansases and Kansas States and Iowa States of the world in Big 12 country? So you have almost a self-sustaining success story if you're Lincoln Riley and you stay at Oklahoma. I'm not saying these guys aren't amazing talents. They are. I think Dabo Sweeney and Lincoln Riley are two of the superstars of the college football coaching ranks, and they're both relatively young dudes. Of course, they are central to the, uh, the success of those programs. But why would you jump in today's world? When college coaches got phone calls decades ago, people would be offering to like quadruple or more their salary. Hey, how'd you like to make four, five, six, or seven times more than you're making right now? Oh, that sounds pretty interesting. In the current circumstance, colleges are paying the top 
head coaches five, six, seven, eight, nine million dollars a year. And guess what? That's what NFL head coaches make as well. Now, David Tepper can break the bank if he wants. David Tepper's the wealthiest owner in the NFL as we speak and can overpay for the right guy if he wants to. I don't believe Dabo Sweeney has any level of interest in the NFL. I think Lincoln Riley may be curious about it, but he shot down the Cleveland rumors when people were asking about, wait, Baker Mayfield's there. That's a Lincoln Riley guy. If he was ever going to jump, maybe he would jump for one of his own protégés. I do know that Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys are mesmerized with Lincoln Riley. I mean, they're in the Lone Star State. They get an eyeful. How many people in Texas are fans of either the Longhorns, you know, or Texas Tech or somebody else? And you get to deal with Red River Shootout or otherwise. You get to deal with the Oklahoma Sooners every year. And the Sooners have had the better of that lately. And it was for a while because of Bob Stoops and nowadays large part because of Lincoln Riley. So you get a front porch look at this superstar young offensive juggernaut who seems to see the game offensively in ways beyond what you see at the college or pro levels with all these different quarterbacks. And it doesn't take long, right? Jalen Hurts leaves Alabama. Jalen Hurts arrives at Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts is top five Heisman candidate. That's how quickly it happened. Baker Mayfield was an incoming transfer for Oklahoma as well. That means that the genius is more Lincoln Riley than it is Oklahoma football or than it is Baker Mayfield or Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray or somebody else, right? So, of course, I'd be mesmerized if I were Jerry Jones as well. I would place that phone call. I think the combination of what do you love about your job and the reality in the modern day that colleges can pay, in most cases, just as much if not more than the NFL is paying head coaches – I think it leans most of those college coaches towards staying at the college level where they can picture 10 years or 20 years of relative tranquility. The Oklahoma Sooners have so many built-in advantages compared to most members of the Big 12 that I would have a hard time listing them all. You jump to the NFL, folks. Salary caps prevent the accumulation of talent in a way that is routine in college football. Oklahoma signs a great recruiting class every year. How many kids grow up dreaming of playing football at Iowa State or Kansas or Kansas State compared to growing up wanting to play for Oklahoma, one of the 10 best brand names in all of college football? And even if you didn't grow up playing for the Sooners, you might have read about Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, or this Lincoln Riley guy, or the full stadium every single Saturday, or, you know, 50,000-plus just for their spring game in a part of the country where college sports rules more than pro sports rule. That's a lot of stability. That's a lot of tranquility. That's a lot of less complicated to sustain success. You jump to the NFL, salary cap levels the playing field talent-wise. And if you have a couple of bad years or, or your wonderkin status at the college level for whatever reason that we can or can't see right now, it simply doesn't translate to the NFL, you're looking at getting fired two or three years from now. Some guys look forward to that next challenge. Other guys are wired in a way. I believe we've gotten to know Dabo Sweeney well enough because he's a regular guest on the show and we get to interview him face-to-face from time to time as well. I believe Dabo is likely to be a lifetime college coach. If, you had, had to, if I had to bet at the Vegas window right now, Dabo is wired to be a college coach forever. 
Now, will he stay at Clemson forever? That's the fascinating question because his alma mater is Alabama, and he actually played for the Crimson Tide, and Nick Saban can't coach forever, and Alabama is one of the only stronger brand names than what Dabo Sweeney has made the brand name of Clemson football. It was already good pre-Dabo, but now it's off the charts great under Dabo. Would he leave for another college job? Probably, if anywhere, only Alabama. Would he leave for the NFL? I just don't think so. He loves dealing with young men, and you just don't get to do that in the same ways when you jump to the professional ranks. Would I place the call to Lincoln Riley if I'm Jerry Jones of the Cowboys or David Tepper of the Panthers? Absolutely, yes. Just gets back to my it-takes-two-to-tango theme. You need interest on both sides. And the college coaches that would be interested, you probably wouldn't want. And the college coaches that you would be interested in, I don't think are interested in you or any other NFL team. It does take two to tango, by the way, Darren. You've, you've, you're aware, unlike the other dancing types that we mentioned earlier, you are in a tandem. You are in cooperation when you tango. You're familiar with this yeah, term? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not certain how you could tango solo. I'm, t- I'm trying to There are times out, you are in opposition possible. to your dance partner in the tango, if I remember correctly. But you are in concert, in cooperation, in tandem at other times. And certainly, when it comes to coaching searches, it definitely takes two to tango. Marriage, for that matter, as well. 1-800-849-2761. For a long time, I don't think the lovely and talented Maria was interested in me whatsoever, man. I was... I was running around in circles, chasing my tail like a dog would in the backyard. It only it only worked out, and I would think Anthony and Avery are glad it did, right? I mean, would they exist otherwise? The way I understand things, no. Uh, Anthony is now 20. Avery is now 17 because eventually it took two to tango, and eventually, eventually, after a lot of hard work, Darren, Eventually, the lovely and talented Maria did come around. 1-800-849-2761. Kevin in Greensboro wants in on the NFL big news of the day. Others want to talk college hoops or Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina played the best team in hockey on its home ice last night and battled the Boston Bruins to a 0-0 draw for about 56 minutes before falling 2 to nothing. They host the Sharks tomorrow night at PNC Arena. I will see you there and I will be bringing some familiar friends with me. ACC Big Ten Challenge continues tonight. Carolina hosting Ohio State in Chapel Hill. That is a battle between the 6-1 and one Tar Heels and the 7-0 and o Buckeyes. I think at home, Carolina, which lost to Michigan in the Bahamas but had an impressive win over Oregon. I like the chances of the Tar Heels to hand the Buckeyes their first loss. More on that. Louisville and Duke just looked great last night. I mean, Coach K said the Blue Devils have had a heavy emphasis on defense in their early season practices, and they had to deal with senior All-American point guard Cassius Winston last night. Trey Jones did his part, but he got a lot of help along the way, man. It was great team defense by the Blue Devils to go with the offensive fireworks of Trey Jones and the big fellow Vernon Carey Jr. down low. 26 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks for a guy who's clearly one of the best freshmen in America and a guy who may be able to build a rookie campaign that, like Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett last year, uh, makes him eligible for not just all freshman-type awards, but all America-type consideration as well. 1-800-849-2761. What's on your mind in the NFL, college basketball, the NHL, the NBA, or even some college football? 
What did last night's revised committee rankings tell us about what is at stake in this conference championship weekend that awaits us? My thoughts with more of your questions and comments, 1-800-849-2761, next on The David Glenn Show. If my low-and-away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me i got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low-and-away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. The best team has a great sense of family. The best family has a great culture. Within that culture, there's tremendous character. There's a lot of young men in there that have tremendous character. Guys that fight through a lot of things, not just on the football field, but off the football field. Guys like Greg Olson, who's dealt with his son's heart situation, and through all that has been a champion on the football field. And Derek Reed, whose strong belief, never wavering on that, speaks to his tremendous character. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More from Ron Rivera, more from David Tepper and their meetings with the media over these last 24 hours. We do have lines open for the first time in a long time. If you want to post your comment or ask your question, 1-800-849-2761. Scott in Raleigh is next. Also on our agenda, some quick breaking news items. This one not brand new, but Cam Newton will have surgery on his injured foot after all. His representatives leaked that news over the last 24 hours. Recovery time estimated anywhere from three months to six months I've seen in different places. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Atlanta Braves of Major League Baseball, according to reports today, have signed veteran left-handed pitcher Cole Hamels to a one-year $18 million deal. I will always revere Cole Hamels because he was an essential part of the Philadelphia Phillies World Series championship. While healthy last year, Cole Hamels was still a pretty darn good pitcher. He's in his mid-30s by now. After his injury, he tried to play through it. He was not very good for Braves fans, and it's hard for me to root for you as a Phillies fan. But when healthy, even this mid-30s version of Cole Hamels has been pretty darn good, so perhaps good news for you if you are a Braves fan. Basketball tonight includes and is really led by UNC against Ohio State in Chapel Hill. Elsewhere, it's UVA at Purdue. Notre Dame is at Maryland. NC State has a chance at a resume builder with the Wisconsin Badgers in town. Wake Forest heads to Penn State as the ACC, which has won the large majority of ACC Big Ten basketball challenges over the years, but not as much lately. Scoreboard says four for each league. It's more about the individual teams, of course, but the final six games are tonight, so we'll see if we end up with another tie. Maybe they split 3-3 tonight, or whether the ACC or the Big Ten can come out on top. Scott is in Raleigh and wants in on the NFL headlines of the day. Those also include Eli Manning is going to get a farewell tour after all. With former Duke star Daniel Jones ailing physically, Eli is expected to get the start on Monday Night Football against the rival Philadelphia Eagles, so the two-time Super Bowl champ in the twilight of his career is not going to get stuck holding a clipboard the rest of the way. It looks like he will get that primetime start against Philadelphia. Scott, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead with your question or comment. Well, comment is, have anybody considered Jim Harbaugh as replacing Ron Rivera for, mm. the, for the Panthers' uh, coaching spot? He does have NFL yeah. experience. Um, I don't know how what his face looking like after the big loss mm. to Ohio State. He was very good with the 49ers, for those who forget. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, 
I think, has actually done pretty well at Michigan. But that fan base is tired of losing to Ohio State. And you can win 10 games every single year, but keep losing to you know Ohio State and some other rivals, and they're going to get restless after a certain number of years. It's an interesting name because of his success at the NFL level. Again, I'm not as intrigued by the Dabo Sweeney's of the world who, A, aren't interested in the NFL, and B, don't consider themselves great fits for the NFL. Jim Harbaugh, having not only been at the NFL level as a player and as a coach, but an overwhelming success, I would say, during his time with the 49ers, is intriguing. When David Tepper said the timing of his dismissal of Ron Rivera was in part for competitive reasons, this is a good example. Now, is Jim Harbaugh a long shot? Yes, he is under contract with the Michigan Wolverines. So getting back to our it takes two to tango theme of the day, you would need Jim Harbaugh wanting to stay one step ahead of the angry mob, and that's what it is. I mean, he's under contract. He can stay at Michigan. It's not like the administration is going to fire him this year. I really don't believe that's going to happen. I think it was ESPN's Ryan McGee, uh, one of our favorites on college football, who said, yeah, Jim Harbaugh has job security for another year, even if the fans are mad at him. But if you're Jim Harbaugh, you know, it's your alma mater. Are you ready to give up on turning around your alma mater? That's not easy for a competitive person to do. But if you and the administration say that it's getting too negative in the fan base and you want to stay a step ahead, that's exactly the kind of phone call that you can place. If you're David Tepper right now, and there's all these NFL rules, in case you didn't know, you can't tamper with current NFL coaches. Like, if you wanted Mike Tomlin... You know, David Tepper, former Steelers minority owner. You can't just call Mike Tomlin and say, hey, man, how about I work out a trade with the Steelers and you coach the Panthers next year? That's tampering. Even with assistant coaches, there are, there are defined times on the calendar, you know, at the end of the season for those who don't make the playoffs, but also kind of carved out areas for assistance on teams that do make the playoffs. You got to follow those rules. I mean, David Tepper doesn't want to be going down tampering lane right now. But you can talk to Mike McCarthy, former Green Bay Packers head coach, who's unemployed right now, and you can do your due diligence. Jerry Jones is doing his due diligence on Lincoln Riley of the Oklahoma Sooners. Apparently, and I got a, a very good question, Darren. I don't remember if you were with me the day, the last time Lincoln Riley was a guest on our show. But we asked him the NFL question, and I am 100% certain that his answer included, I did not dream or grow up dreaming of coaching in the NFL it is not on my bucket list now of course people will say well he couldn't be he couldn't give you the truth serum answer because the first time a recruit sees a David Glenn show tweet from Lincoln Riley saying yeah you know it's kind of in the back of my mind that I would like that next level challenge someday well then the Texas Longhorns and everybody else who's trying to beat Oklahoma you know puts that comment on blast and says, why sign at Oklahoma when you're not sure which year Lincoln Riley's going to jump to the NFL? But for the record, we asked him that question. He said he grew up dreaming of being a high school football coach. And then we, when he was at Texas Tech, if I remember him telling the story correctly, I believe he was actually the backup quarterback to Cliff Kingsbury with the Red Raiders. So Kingsbury, right now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals of the NFL after uh, kind of a middling track record as a college head coach in his case, as Lincoln Riley was a walk-on backup quarterback in that air raid offense at Texas Tech to Cliff Kingsbury and others, his, his 
dream evolved from being a high school football coach to in a college environment, his dream evolved into being a college football coach. And he got the opportunity at Texas Tech, and then he got another one at ECU. And then, of course, Bob Stoops hired him as an assistant and groomed him to be his successor as the head coach at Oklahoma. So could Lincoln Riley's dream evolve again? One more time and include the NFL. He's still a very young guy. Again, I don't think Dabo Sweeney's dream is going to evolve. That guy's going to be a college football coach to the end. Lincoln Riley has a personal relationship with Jerry Jones. And if you've seen the reports from Jake Glazer and others, unless Jason Garrett wins the Super Bowl, he's going to be fired after 10 years as the head coach of the Cowboys. So if Lincoln Riley really is considering the NFL, I mean, I, I believe in David Tepper. I find him a charismatic, convincing kind of guy with a lot of money, even a lot more money than Jerry Jones has. But apparently, Lincoln Riley, for a while, recruited Jerry Jones's grandson, who I believe ended up at Arkansas. And Lincoln Riley wanted to talk him into being a walk-on at Oklahoma. And in the course of that, got to know Jerry Jones a little bit, got to know Jerry Jones' son even more, and, of course, had a lot of time with the third-generation Jones, the young quarterback or player. And so, theoretically, Jerry Jones kind of has a personal in there if Lincoln Riley is intrigued by the NFL. That doesn't – I wouldn't count David Tepper out for that reason. I'm more skeptical that, Link, that Lincoln Riley, for the reasons I described earlier, is at a stage of life where he would upset – a mega million dollar situation where it's easy to win nine or 10 games a year, a little harder to crank out 11, 12, 13 every single year. But when you essentially cannot have the bottom fallout, given the resources that Oklahoma gives him, given the neighborhood, the Big 12 that he's been dominating, and even if Texas gets better, it's not going to be all that hard to keep your foot on the neck of Texas Tech and Iowa State and Kansas and Kansas State and some others. You know, why risk that unless it's truly a dream to coach in the NFL? Objectively speaking, one of those NFL jobs is not a better situation than one of the top college jobs, again, unless it's just a personal preference to jump to the professional ranks. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. More of my thoughts and yours on the NFL headlines of the day, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. The Hurricanes lose at Boston, return home against San Jose tomorrow night. And the college football playoff committee rankings were revised last night. What did last night's rankings tell us about what is at stake in conference championship games this weekend, about how many teams have realistic paths to the Final Four, and does Appalachian State have a realistic shot at a New Year's Day bowl game after what we saw last night? Will UVA really get a bid to the Orange Bowl whether or not they beat the Clemson Tigers? Isn't that an interesting question as the Wahoos head to Charlotte to take on Clemson, which is seeking yet another ACC title under Dabo Sweeney and yet another trip? It would be five straight for the Clemson Tigers to that college football playoff. 1-800-849-2761. My answers to those questions with more of your questions and comments. Ron Rivera is out but says he absolutely plans to be a head coach in the NFL again. More of Ron Rivera and David Tepper in their own words with more of your phone calls. Last call, four phone calls, 1-800-849-2761 is next on the David Glenn Show. 
Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. <laughs> You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Take warning and do not miss the best atmosphere in hockey at PNC Arena as the Carolina Hurricanes host the Minnesota Wild on Saturday, December 7th for Star Wars Night, complete with Star Wars characters, music, and games. Get your Star Wars Night ticket package starting at just $36 and including an exclusive bunch of Jedi t-shirt by visiting hurricanes.com slash Star Wars. That's hurricanes.com slash Star Wars. Show. Last call for phone calls. Ron Rivera, Cam Newton, Eli Manning, Marty Herney, David Tepper. More from them in their own words. Darren, you tell me what is the best of the quotes that you have not utilized so far on today's program, and we'll plug those in because Darren dug them out. David Tepper speaking to the team website yesterday in an extended conversation. Ron Rivera earlier today spent about 35 minutes with the assembled media before shaking a lot of hands and kind of patting a lot of shoulders on his way out the door, literally. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program as we look forward to the final night of the ACC Big Ten Challenge in college basketball. Wolfpack hosts Wisconsin. Wake goes to Penn State. And in the highlight games, Notre Dame is at Maryland in the early game on ESPN proper. Number seven, UNC, hosts number six, Ohio State. So two of the highest-ranked teams in the country going head-to-head. That's a 9.30 start or so on ESPN at the Smith Center. The Buckeyes take a 7-0 and record to Chapel Hill. Last night, it was all Louisville over Michigan. That was a battle of top four teams. The Cardinals smothered the Wolverines 58-43. to I would describe Louisville as one of the only teams in the country here in December that is already playing both elite-level offense and elite-level defense. There are, like Virginia already, as usual, is playing elite-level defense for Tony Bennett. I'm not sure where the Cavs are going to get their points in the longer haul. Florida State, you saw last night. That's a top 25 team. The Seminoles play very good defense already, as usual, under Leonard Hamilton. But they have trouble getting baskets, too. And Indiana which is still undefeated under Archie Miller. The Hoosiers put a whooping on the Seminoles because FSU just could not buy a bucket down the stretch. Louisville over Michigan, Indiana over Florida State. Duke went to Michigan State and dominated the number 11 Spartans who started this season number one in the polls. If Louisville is one of the only teams in the country already playing elite offense and elite defense, I think Duke is one of the others that is on its way there. It was Trey Jones again showing that he's one of the best point guards in the country and as a sophomore showing that he is a better version of himself. Not a great three-point shooter yet, but better offensively in other ways. 20 points, a career-high 14 assists for Trey Jones against Michigan State. Three steals, and he at times was matched up with the Michigan State senior All-American point guard, Cassius Winston. He got help, but Winston really struggled. Four out of 14 from the field, only 12 points as he was double-teamed. He was trapped repeatedly. It's one thing for the maestro, Mike Krzyzewski, 
to go into a game with a game plan to trap the senior All-American point guard Cassius Winston. It's another thing to actually execute it on the road with a lot of freshmen and sophomores in your main rotation. They got it done. When Vernon Carey was supposed to help, he did. Wendell Moore is an in-state kid here in North Carolina who's already a good defensive player. He's got a long way to go offensively. He didn't play a lot of minutes last night, but he was good defensively, including on some of those traps and some of those double teams. Coach K's emphasis on defense in practice here in the opening weeks of the regular season clearly are paying off. They took their lumps against Stephen F. A. Stephen F. Austin at home, but they are a new and improved version of themselves in the aftermath of that. Vernon Carey Jr. had 26 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks. He is the latest in that long line of potential one-and-done freshmen for Mike Krzyzewski. It was clear by December last year that Zion Williamson was going to be a one-and-done guy. Heck, it might have been clear earlier than that. R.J. Barrett, it was clear by December he'd be a one-and-done guy. Cam Reddish really did not have a very good freshman season for the Blue Devils, if we're candid about it. But when he was told he was going to be in the lottery, he too jumped to the NBA. And maybe he didn't even care about where he would be picked. I'm not sure. Ver Vernon Carey Jr., I don't believe if you checked a lot of mock drafts right now, I don't see him in a lot of lotteries as the folks who do such things are putting them out at this very early stage. I don't see how a six foot ten. 270-pound oak tree of a young man who is skilled enough to hit three-pointers. I mean, he's not encouraged to take a lot, but he's allowed. He clearly has the green light when he's wide open. I think he hit a couple. It was either last night or in a recent game for Duke. That sounds like the NBA to me. If you have those dimensions and that skill set, that has lottery written all over it. Of course, that's a question for down the road. The bottom line is when Trey Jones is playing that way on the perimeter and Vernon Carey Jr. is playing that way in the post at both ends with rebounds and blocks to go with those 26 points, and the team is getting the message from Mike Krzyzewski, again, team defense central to an 87-75 to win in a hostile environment. The Breslin Center, I don't know, I can't think of the last time Duke would have played at Michigan State, if that's even ever happened, more than a decade ago. And Tom Izzo was jacked up, and Cassius Winston was jacked up, and Draymond Green, former Spartan star, was in the house, and the Breslin Center crazies were all over the Blue Devils players, even during warm-ups. And remember, it's one thing for returning college players to experience that. Once you've worn the Duke uniform for a full season, it's just like, well, everybody treats us like their Super Bowl, right? It's another thing. Whatever Wendell Moore or Matthew Hurt or Cassius Stanley's Hurt right now, but Vernon Carey Jr., the, another star freshman, whatever the most intense thing they experienced as high school basketball players or as AAU basketball players or club players, whatever the most intense environments they ever experienced were – it was a small fraction compared to what they saw at the Breslin Center last night. Tom Izzo so expected a better performance from his own team that he actually apologized to the fans 
on a night that should have been a celebration in his eyes. Draymond's number 23 went up into the rafters as a retired jersey. You know, Draymond speaks emotionally to the fans at halftime. It felt like it was over by halftime, and that's a Duke team with a number 10 ranking that is actually better than that, taking out a Michigan State team that started the season number one in the rankings and is number 11 for now, uh, but that's a quality basketball team, and Duke just dominated pretty much from the start as the Spartans took their third loss of the season. Tonight, Carolina hosting Ohio State. What will I be watching? Well, the Buckeyes are good. They're 7-0. and They have a really talented big man in their own right, and, of course, the Tar Heels are going to have to deal with that with some combination of Garrison Brooks, their veteran big man, and also Armando Baycott, their rookie center, who I think is coming along. Cole Anthony is the Tar Heels' best player, freshman point guard. Garrison Brooks is kind of their most consistent, reliable, two-way, high-IQ player uh, as a junior forward. Armando Baycott needs to become better than good if the Tar Heels are going to have a chance at a special season, he's already good, and he'll play in the NBA someday. 12 points, 10 rebounds, a couple of blocks per game. He needs to be a higher minute, which he already got a bunch recently and performed well through big minutes, which Roy Williams does not always give to young big men. He needs to continue on that freshman evolution curve so that by the time January and February roll around, it's a better distributing version of Cole Anthony. He's already great as a scorer. He's already pretty good as a defender. He's not quite the floor leader distributor that Roy Williams likes at point guard. So Cole Anthony has his learning curve. Armando Baycott has his learning curve. Brandon Robinson is a veteran but has you know, a coming back from injury and learning how to play with Cole Anthony learning curve. The transfers, Justin Pierce and Christian Keeling, have been underwhelming so far. They need to get in tune with Cole Anthony and what Roy Williams wants at both ends. If a lot of those stories come along in the top seven or eight of the Tar Heels rotation, yeah, they could join Louisville and Duke as the trendsetters in the ACC. If most of those stories plateau, well, then Carolina will be a top five team in the ACC, but really with no realistic chance of becoming a national championship contender. That's what makes it fun, right? That's why it's college basketball. No super heavyweights this year. Those that get better and stay together will have a chance of being one of the top contenders come March Madness. And those who don't evolve in those ways are just going to kind of fall by the wayside in the coming weeks and months. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch. Next. Davo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. Been? I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, 80. <laughs> Eight zero. The original Death Valley, you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. Thanks to Chaz Surratt of UNC, all ACC. Joe Person of The Athletic for dropping by. TV picks tonight include Warriors at Hornets, Lakers at Jazz, and the final six games of the ACC Big Ten Basketball Challenge led by UNC Ohio State. Enjoy the games. We'll see you tomorrow. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. 
The David Glenn Show.